0: And get that pre order in, and you'll be able to get a free download of a meditation we created and a workbook that goes along with it. Much love and appreciation for your support. Much love. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Mark Gross Podcast. Happy to be back in your ear if you're here for the first time excited that you've decided to take the plunge and i mean i promise that no matter what you'll find something that you relate to and you keep the things you like and you get rid of the things that you don't you know that's the beauty of being the curator of your own mind and the information that you choose to take in and that's such an important thing to consider is What type of information do we surround ourselves with? Are we watching the news constantly and being inundated with nervous system trauma and just like fear-based thinking and all that kind of stuff, which is not to say that the news can't provide value. And of course, you know, we get most of our news through our news feeds, through our Instagram. So if there is an event, I promise you, you'll hear about it. You don't need to go dialing into, to, you know, different news outlets and just putting that in your mind all the time. We really have to think about the conversations that we are observing, listening to, participating in, and which ones we're giving our attention to, because it is without a doubt true that your body will respond to the emotional spikes that are created through those types of conversations including what you listen to and not to say that hey you listening to me this is all about nervous system calibration and you're going to be all calm and life's going to be puppy dogs and ice cream <laughs> no i'm not saying that although that would be a beautiful truth but this is the work of being a human is exposing ourselves to information that makes us wake up to the truth of who we are and who we're being. You know, when we do learnings about relationships and often when people in a relationship discuss the idea of going to therapy or to get relationship coaching or to read a book together, often the unconscious or conscious, very explicit resistance is that we're going to find out something about our relationship or ourselves or the other person that we already know to be true. Really, at the basis of our soul, we know when we're not showing up well. We know when we're in chaos. We know when we are in the dance with someone else, that we're part of that, that we're responsible for the outcomes we're getting. And you know, it's the, again, another, really probably one of the most transformational steps is actually being willing to hear what you're not good at, being willing to accept where you have to grow. And I promise you that you have somewhere to grow because <laughs> we all do. That's the experience of being a human is that we have faults and we have things we can get better at. That's why relationships are a skill set. Communication is a skill set. What a beautiful gift that you are here listening and wanting to improve your skill set. Like, I mean, At the end of the day, choosing to engage in any sort of education or expansion is an act of self-love. It's an act of saying, I matter, you matter. You know, it's an act of saying, I am committed to myself and to getting better and to taking responsibility for the ways I've shown up, which can be improved and also having gratitude and marinating and savoring how I have shown up well and who I am. I think we often get stuck in this idea that we are these projects waiting to be solved, that we're broken, that, you know, because often what brings us to the work, to wanting to listen to this podcast or any podcast or read a book or take a course is feeling like we're broken, feeling like we don't have it figured out. Here's the thing, you're never going to have it all figured out. That means you're growing and your knowledge base is expanding. And if you face life as always a student, always wanting to learn, always knowing you don't know, then you'll always be open to being wrong. And if you're open to being wrong, then you're open to taking on new perspectives. And that means you'll allow what you used to believe to die. You'll allow how you used to think to die, how you used to be, die. So you can become who you want to be. And that is why we are challenged in life, is to invite us to our path, to our best, greatest most powerful expression. And so if you're in relationship or have been in relationship, which means if you're alive, then you have likely experienced challenges in relationship. And if you haven't experienced any challenges in relationship, you probably have been avoiding conflict. I mean, that's just the reality because conflict is healthy. It's how we dance in conflict that matters. That's the skill we got to learn. So thanks for being here to learn that. You know, I am a big believer that if you ask people to do things or become a certain way, you must be it. You know, I've said before, if you want to find the one, be the one. And I had this intuitive feeling that I wanted to explore. I felt like it wasn't fair that I have a microphone and my uh, people that I've dated in my life do not get the opportunity to express what it was like to date me or who was I then and versus who I am now. And so I asked my girlfriend from grade nine, if she would, girlfriend, it might be a strong term here, but hey, uh, for me, a girlfriend from grade nine to ask, what was it like to be in a relationship with me? What was I like then in your experience, not just my experience, you know, I'm constantly intrigued by the research on neuroscience and memory and all that type of stuff and When we look at our memories, they're often kind of inaccurate or we create stories or add details that weren't really there. And so I wanted to get a clean, uh, or a view that wasn't just a first person view of who I was and who I've been and what was it like to know me versus now. And I'm very blessed that she said, yes, uh, enthusiastically. She's a wonderful human. And she decided to come on the show today and just participate in this conversation. And she is a near and dear friend to me. And we've had the beautiful blessing of continuing a friendship despite a couple uh, hiccups, I would say more on my part along the way, uh, very early after our relationship ended. Um, You'll hear about that on the podcast how i handled endings we certainly didn't do a conscious uncoupling or a closing ceremony let me tell you but that's the point of life is to learn to learn about what you're not great at so you can become better to turn towards your shame for how you've shown up and to decide to learn from that to expand and to build a skill set in everything that you have been afraid to turn towards i promise you there is an invitation to mastery to become A better version of you. And so this is the work, right? This is the work, is to show up and don't leave a gap between who you say you are and who you are, because in the space of that gap is a whole bunch of bullshit and a lot of pain, because inauthenticity can be painful when we know we're capable of better. Without further ado, here is my good friend, Michelle Dow. Pequino. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Mark Groves podcast. We're entering a selective side phase <laughs> of the Mark Groves podcast. That giggle is none other than Michelle Dow Pequino. What are do you, Dow? Well,
1: I'm just Michelle Dow.
0: Yeah. But you be. Sorry. Michelle
1: <laughs> Dow. I am Michelle Dow. Used to be Michelle Pequeno.
0: So for those of you listening, you might be like, who is this lovely giggler? Michelle Dow, formerly Pequeno, is the first girl that I ever dated. Dated, I think...
1: Very loose term.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is not to say that we were friends with benefits unless the benefit was heartbreak. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's great. No orgasms, all heartbreak. (laughs) So we dated in grade nine for five days. Was it five days? I, I actually, don't know.
1: I feel like do Saint I know? Peter I th- is going to tell us when we get to the pearly gates <laughs> yeah, one day yeah. how long it actually was.
0: I feel like I am a better data collector of our five day. <laughs> <laughs> is that fair to say?
1: I don't, I don't know.
0: You don't want to say that. You're I, like, no, <laughs> it was super significant for me, too. Um The reason that, so I wanted to do like a ex-girlfriend series. Uh, I have yet to (laughs) ask and I'm collecting the (laughs) ex-girlfriends as I go through this experience. But I wanted to start with Michelle, one, because she was the first person that I can say that I loved. Love, sorry. Just the (laughs) container (laughs) is different.
1: Well, it was like love, loved, love.
0: That's right, right. right. Yeah, there was definitely a, a historical love in there because uh, there was a time when I did not like you very much <laughs> <laughs> That post-breakup, that five days of the rapid romance. So the reason I wanted to, well, one, because it was the first love, and I think what's really interesting for young people and as a mother— uh, maybe you can attest to this, but I was at a playground. I mean, that actually sounds weird that I was hanging out at a <laughs> playground, but I was hanging out at a playground with my friends in Vancouver and we were sitting around and I heard a little kid say to another little kid, oh, I love you. And the parents were like, Oh, that's so cute. He thinks he loves her. And I was like, but he does. How do you like in the, the eyes of it, 3 year old or whatever he was he did really love her and i think it was so interesting that we we make it not that because in the adult mind there's no way that it that's not true romantic love or whatever kind of love we want to put in the container do you ever notice that as a mom
1: yes and i actually had an experience with my son um expressing those words and wanting to keep him in the bubble of not feeling love because I feel like he's going to be one of those that loves hard Good. and is going to feel heartbreak hard. So part of me wants to sit back and protect him from all of that. Yeah. Um, but part of me wants him to feel that as well so that he doesn't go through life feeling like he has to protect himself from something that is very important to all of us. So right. it's a fine balance.
0: It is, of course, because we want to, like, protect them from the pains we've known. But -hmm. knowing that when our parents told us shit like that, (laughs) like, I remember in my soon-to-be, hopefully, second girlfriend comes on this this experience, (laughs) uh, my parents saying, like, you're too serious, too young. And I remember being like, yeah, okay, cool. Bye. But I know that at the time they were just like, you're young, like don't lose yourself so soon or lose your, yeah, lose yourself. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, not that. Lose yourself, but also um, exchange so much of these like important discovery moments of your life for this person who's great, but you're only 17 and you think you're going to marry them. And granted, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I thought I was going to marry you in the five <laughs> days, that, <laughs> thanks to Disney, <laughs> you know? And it just speaks to the significance. You know, we were talking about this before when I asked you if you'd be on the podcast. We were talking about how, like, out of all of the people that I've dated— more significantly longer than five days, (laughs) like at a minimum a year and then two and a half years and five years and three and a half. We are closest, which I think is really cool.
1: Well, I think that stemmed though from the summer leading up to grade nine, where I think we spoke every day on the phone for hours on end. Like, when people used to talk on phones. So yeah,
0: now they text for hours on end. Yes. I'm like, so you could be getting way deeper here.
1: <laughs> so I think I'm going to say, I think we dated longer than five days. It just was official for five days because we spent the summer. <laughs> That's true. Getting to know each other as friends and literally spoke every single day. Like I remember I'd sit in my room on this like white cordless phone And we would talk all day and it would be like, okay, it's lunchtime. And then we'd like call each other again (laughs) in the afternoon. And we'd talk the rest of the days. You couldn't
0: move around back then. If you had a phone, you were stuck to the wall. Or if you were from an advanced (laughs) family, you had a cordless phone. People will have no idea if you're a millennial and you're listening and you're like, you couldn't move around. That's so dumb. (laughs) Yeah. And you had to hold it up to your head and your neck would get sore. Your Mm -hmm. ear would get sore. These our commitments, right? This is a commitment. Well, and it's interesting to say that because of course, like all love, all connection begins far before the sort of official experience of quote unquote, we're dating or Mm -hmm. what are we? But that question in itself is paralyzing. But it's interesting that that question essentially led to the ending of the courtship which I believe that you walked me over to the park by the school at Madeleine Duet. I?
1: I can't believe you remember all these details. I don't.
0: <laughs> when you remember getting hit by a freight truck, that is love. You remember <laughs> the smell, the the <laughs> devastation, the, the meat laying on the ground with my heart.
1: So I guess maybe then...
0: Remember that park though?
1: I do remember the park, Yes. I remember the details of the two years of not speaking to us, (laughs) (laughs) like to each other then. (laughs)
0: We're going to get into how Mark Rove's handled heartbreak. It's not pretty. Everybody prepare yourself. But what it does is offer you a window of change, okay, (laughs) that it's possible to be different one day. Uh, So you broke up with me and I remember you told me that you didn't want to be in a relationship and don't worry, you don't have to defend this now because it was in grade nine and you probably don't remember but the, you told me that your family was having problems at home so you couldn't be in a relationship and i remember thinking like the pequinos are my favorite family <laughs> there's there's, there's that. nothing
1: wrong with I, them I,
0: I, i've never heard mr I, mr pequino has ref me in soccer and he's made some bad choices <laughs> when he was reffing but other than that <laughs> his singing songy voice from guyana <laughs> is my favorite and i remember being like bullshit and then proceeding to walk back and not talk to you again for, <laughs> for, for two years? It no, might have been like a year and a half.
1: It felt like eternity.
0: It was eternity. So
1: the heartbreak that you felt in that moment is the heartbreak I felt, however long it was leading up to you speaking to me again.
0: Yeah. And you know, for those listening, the interesting Aspect of this, I think, from like, you think about young love, you think about, which really young love is just the inability to have this skill set to navigate it and to make choices like not to believe, Michelle, when you told me that your family's having stuff at home and that you didn't have the space for a relationship. Like God forbid, you have the right to actually not <laughs> want to be in a relationship. But I think it was the momentum that we had had of the speaking and the, and for everyone listening, we never, we've never made out, we never made out, we never were intimate. I think we like we just flirted a lot.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, you were a master. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've yet to kiss Mark Rose for the exactly,
0: record exactly exactly. So, and now she's married to one of my best friends so that would that would be like It'd just be that, awkward that'd be out of that weird movie the one that everyone loves from Christmas what the like fuck?
1: the love actually yeah
0: where the guy stands outside with a fucking sign and everyone loves that scene where he plays the music and hits no, on Keira that? Knightley oh, I don't know isn't that love actually no
1: that's say anything
0: no, it's Love Actually. Oh, and the don't. guy who films them getting married and he focuses on Kira Knightley and it's his best friend. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, unbelievable. Lawnmower, unbelievable. <laughs> Everyone loves that scene. I'm like, yeah, let's celebrate a best friend mowing a best friend's lawn. That's great. Merry Christmas. Anyways, so let's get back on task. here. <laughs> let's get back on task. So it it was really that momentum, you know, the, that we spoke so much that, and I think I just had... uh Like that conversation could have happened so much earlier, you know, but there's so much fear in having that, like, what do I mean to you or what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. I don't remember in Catholic school, (laughs) anyone, well, let alone even teaching us how to use condoms, but how to have a hard conversation. I mean, that, did I miss that class?
1: No. Well, I missed it too then (laughs) because I think in the moment of trying to explain your feelings so you fast forward and let's say that was something that would happen in university, you'd be able to handle all the emotions that came with, you know, in those early stages of a relationship. And then whatever struggles you were going through, whether that's at home or with other friends, you could navigate through all of those more than when you were in grade nine or grade seven or grade seven or or earlier. um, And you are faced with all these emotions that are new as well because it's no different if you want to parallel it with this day and age. When you meet somebody and you're texting, it's very different than when you get face-to-face and you see somebody because there's nothing to hide behind anymore. So I'm sure looking back, a lot of those emotions came out face-to-face and it was like, whoa, like this is a whirlwind of things that you're going through because in the same breath, um, I'm a strong believer that regardless of what you say, you might connect um, emotionally when you eventually meet somebody, but when you are first meeting somebody, it's a lot of physical attraction. Mm -hmm. And so the Mark Rose that left grade eight And the Mark Gross that came back in grade nine was not the same.
0: That's very true. So
1: there was a transition that was there. Yes, he still had his piercing pretty blue
0: eyes.
1: (laughs) But there was a lot of physical activity that happened for Mark through that summer. And so when he came back, a lot of us were like, whoa. So it's the Mark Gross that you see now um, on the outside, right? With the blue eyes and the flowing hair and Just you know. a little
0: less hair, that's <laughs> for sure.
1: All the charm, right? Which he always had, but yeah, physically he looked different. And so there was a lot that came with that. There was a lot more attention that came your way. I don't think you can deny that.
0: Um, oh no, it was like a world of difference. Like yeah. I showed up on the first day of school being like, Okay, I'm in a lower rung on the socioeconomic, not socioeconomic. (laughs) I was already in a very low middle rung on that one. But it was more like uh, I was in a lower rung on social status. And then just because my physical appearance changed, I got projected into a higher rung. And the ability to be athletic, which, of course, also puts you into a higher rung on social status, especially in those age ranges. Yes. Because those age ranges is where you start to see like testosterone and estrogen being expressed physically Mm -hmm. and then desire. And you start to see clicks really form. I would imagine you're seeing this with your son now, like them beginning. Because how old is he now?
1: He's 10. He'll be 11 in a few weeks. And both
0: of us taught soccer camps. Mm -hmm. And I noticed in soccer camps when we taught kids that I loved the groups that were younger than eight. And then, as soon as they started to become eight, nine, that because that's how they were separated, and the I think it was that age, right? And I noticed they had they started to identify with gender, they started to identify with race, Mm -hmm. they started to, and it was almost sad to see in some respects because they would form these little micro groups. And it's so interesting how humans do that. And that was for sure my experience is all of a sudden, like. Girls who didn't care about me the year before cared about me. And I was like, fuck you. I'm still the same person. Yeah. And so there's a bit of oddly righteousness (laughs) uh, in that. Fuck, that word keeps coming (laughs) about me, not about anyone else. Um, But there was a bit of righteousness in that it was like I didn't want anyone to have access to me because I'd felt like.
1: uh, Why now and not before?
0: Yeah. Like I'm the same person. And so you must be materialistic or superficial. Which I think in it's just natural for humans to be that way, mm-hmm. but to experience two different experiences of it made me incredibly empathic for other people's experience, but at the same time i i I trusted you because we were friends before that happened, yeah, so it felt like a um like I'm letting you in and, and that you had been with me through the transition in the summer when I was mountain biking and doing whatever I was doing, yeah. Secretly dieting too, but that's a whole other <laughs> that's a, that's a whole other can of worms. Especially how much uh, I think I wanted to deny that at that time. I, if I was being diagnosed by someone, I probably had some form <laughs> of eating disorder, you know. Um, but there was not really any attention paid to men about that, mm-hmm. and there still isn't very much paid about body image. But man, that rocking of of the story that ended that I had fallen <laughs> in love with has your son experienced heartbreak yet?
1: Um, I'm I mean, not sure to 10, the full so. degree. Um, he did have a girlfriend, or what he termed as a girlfriend. I'm not sure.
0: Does she know she was? <laughs> <laughs> I think she did. Yes. <laughs>
1: so they went like on a date to the movies, supervised with us moms. Um, that's kind of cool it was it was great they got to sit in their own row and we sat behind them did Um, they have popcorn they did he bought her popcorn god
0: he's so cute
1: we well his dad has done a very good job of trying to instill the old school the chivalry yes
0: yeah he is very chivalrous
1: so um, he's done a great job of that Uh, so he yeah he bought her popcorn and whatever snack whatever she wanted so yeah, he did experience that. And then I think there was a Valentine's that came around and this is where the whole like love came in. And it was really cute because I sent the mom and again trying to protect my son. I sent the mom a text and said, Hey, just heads up. Cause he wrote a card and he was very adamant about not wanting us to see what was in the card. Oh. And so I sent a note to her, a text and said, Hey, I don't know what's in this, but, you know, it's coming from a good place and very innocent, and right? And uh, so when she got the gift and she saw it, she wrote me a text back and she's like, it's a very sweet and um, William's very sweet. And I just don't think she's at the same stage that he's at, which was totally understandable, right? The girlfriend? The girlfriend was not yeah. at the same stage. <clears throat> and so, again, there was that like moment where it's like, oh no, is he going to be heartbroken? And what am I going to do? And how am I going to fix this? (laughs) and (laughs) All the things that run through as a parent when really you just need to let them be and learn and support them when they come, right? Like there's going to be heartbreak. Um, You're going to get it. You're going to give it when you do. I hope you do it in a respectful manner. Um, When it does happen to you, I hope you're okay with your emotions to know that, yeah, it's okay to be mad and sad and upset and all those things, but just don't hold them over. Just don't hold those emotions over the girl for two years.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> God, that being a great lesson that we got to learn together. Isn't that so sweet?
1: So that
0: we did. what Michelle is alluding to <laughs> passively and actively is that after we walked back to the school, uh, I did not talk to Michelle for two years, but I know we mentioned that earlier, but it was more significant than that. Literally, we would walk by each other in the hall and she'd be like, hi, Mark. And I would act as if she didn't exist. And then we would be standing in a circle, I remember, with friends. It'd mm-hmm. be like five of us, seven of us, whatever it was. And Michelle would be standing there and I'd be like, yeah. Uh, hey, blah, 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 skip Michelle. (laughs) It was so bad. And when I look back, because of course, silence is always just really pain. I had so many feelings, like so many feelings of heartbreak, of anger, of probably, I would imagine a sense of betrayal. Um, I felt misled for sure. I remember that being like a very overarching feeling. Was like feeling misled, feeling led on. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that was led. Yeah, yeah, led on, and not being able to verbalize that, or or maybe a better way of saying it is, I didn't know how to feel safe expressing that, and I'm gonna guess that's probably because I never really watched my like when I think about observing my parents in conflict, when at least my memory of their conflict was that my mom in conflict with us would like hang up the phone or leave the house or leave the room. That was a big one, but hang up the phone. She'd say something and then hang up the phone. (laughs) Fucking hated that. (laughs) Hated that. If you do that to people, stop it. It's, and, and that's probably why, because I didn't know how to communicate hurt. I just knew how to withdraw because no one had ever demonstrated that behavior to me. And it took, the ridiculousness of the time of like 2 years it took that level of being like you i would have, i think it was for sure it was you who was like come on like <laughs> it's been 2 years we're in high school now we have like 700 more people around us like it was getting a little out of hand and I don't even actually remember when we sort of reunited
1: I don't either as you were saying that I was like oh do I remember what happened and what the turning point was and I don't at all um
0: I do remember acknowledging just how ridiculous it had gotten
1: yeah and I don't know maybe there was an outside force of some of our mutual friends that were was like mark enough like yeah (laughs) I don't know who knows um, I'm glad it happened, whatever that <laughs> may be, Yeah, but I will say it felt like eternity. Um, not having, again, somebody that you spoke to so much that you knew a lot about, um, again, like so many things, I think the friendship side is what you missed. And again, we didn't have an extended relationship, so it's and nothing <laughs> yeah. physical happened. Yeah. So none of that was missed because it never happened. It was literally having a friend there that you had so much similarities with and that you could talk to so easily and that you could, right? Because as I'm sure a lot of females know, sometimes it's not easy to find that female bond to do that because there was the cattiness um, that kind of lingers with those relationships. But I've always been somebody who's been able to speak to and resonated well with males. Yeah, you've always had a
0: lot of male friends. Yeah.
1: And so um, I really missed that because again, if I was around with mutual friends, Mark didn't want to be around. So now it was this predicament that you would put people in that was like, now I have to choose. Do I want to hang out with Mark or do I want to hang out with Michelle? Like, Which wasn't very fair to them either, but we all got through it and we're all still very good friends, which is great to say. But um, yeah, it felt like eternity and...
0: What's well, interesting to look back at the intention, because I think of like, my intention in becoming friends with you and talking to you every day, maybe romantic feelings developed. Because uh, I, I don't know what my like, when we started talking, if I was like, I'm gonna, this girl, I want to date. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might have, I don't know. Um, but certainly in, the intention changed. And I didn't let you in on that. <laughs> and also, did you have an intention of dating at the time that we were speaking all the time?
1: I don't know that I could so say maybe, one way or another, right? Like, I felt like it was just something that was so natural and fluid that just happened. And then we got back to school and I don't know. I do I mean, yeah. why
0: don't you know? It was only... <laughs>
1: <laughs> How many years ago?
0: Uh, like six. 25, oh, something like that. That's a yeah. long time. 25, yeah, it was about 25 years ago.
1: Yeah, I don't know no. that I had any yeah, 27. intentions as things
0: developed. It's interesting though how like for one person, and I see this all the time now, uh, where one person agrees to something like a friendship or a friends with benefits or whatever that is. And the other person like the other person says, I want friends with benefits or I want to be just friends. And the other person agrees to it, even though it's a lie. Their deepest intention is that they're going to give this person the best oral they've ever had in their life on demand. <laughs> and they're going to fall in love with them because who doesn't fall in love with someone who gives oral on demand? I mean, that's, that's a good path to love. But <laughs> it's not, it's the intention is not authentic. So then it becomes manipulative. And the same is true, I know when they look at research from colleges and they asked people in colleges, like, they asked men and women, if you could sleep with, so they were talking in heteronormative, and they're like, if you could sleep with your friend, would you? Your best friend, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And almost every guy was like, yeah. <laughs> and every almost every girl was like, no. Oh. And so it shows you how, and I can definitely own this for myself, is that- I didn't know how to honor a friendship connection when I would take advantage of it when I was younger because I didn't know how to exist in that space and honor what the truest intention was of the connection. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then when I started to be like, we're just friends actually and I want to keep us there. Then because women, the, the women that had experienced that with me We're like, but wait, (laughs) I've never had a guy not try to hook up with me who's my friend. So we should date. (laughs) So it became like this really interesting dance to play. And I think what's cool about it is that two people can experience the same connection very differently. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. But it's amazing how much I didn't want to respect your experience of it. And and I didn't want to honor it. If I hadn't not made that about me. Fascinating how the narrative through which I saw that was that like you're not choosing me. Mm-hmm. And that's very much the wound and the narrative that my brain likes to go to about s- still about romantic connection. Yep, I don't like that, but I do like that because there's awareness in that.
1: Yes, but it's only romantic
0: yeah, connections that yeah, you associate yeah.
1: that with, and not friendship.
0: I would, I would imagine, like if I lost a friend, or like, like in uh, not to death, but to yeah. something. Uh, yeah, I've certainly had a friend who stopped talking to me without telling me why, and I had to really do a lot of work around like, no, I showed up for that person, or I reached out to try to repair, not knowing why, mm-hmm. and they didn't want to repair, and I really just had to be like, okay, but I didn't make that about me. At first I did, mm-hmm. but then I had to process it. Man, for connections <laughs> and being a human. It's, it's
1: tough. It's tough work.
0: It really is. And amazing how much we want to, like, I just think of your son and I think about how much we want to, like, protect other people from feelings that we didn't like to sit in. Yep. You know, I would imagine in parenting, that's like. My whole my whole world is going to change when I have a kid, I know.
1: Yes, it will.
0: Plus, I won't sleep as much. <laughs> so who knows what creativity I'm going to come up with.
1: Listen, if I can get away with not sleeping a lot, because you know I love to nap, mm. then you can survive.
0: I don't know. No, you can't. <laughs> You'll find a way. Wait, the guy doesn't have to get up and feed, right? That's, oh, that's a whole other <laughs> yeah, debate. So yeah, right.
1: I'll leave that to you and your partner at some point in time <laughs> I, I to do. cross that bridge.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's not for this episode. Give me a uh, couple years before I develop an opinion on that. Yes. Because, of course, all the people listening. <laughs> I have a, a group of friends who they're wives when they get together rank each one of their behaviors as to who's being the best supportive partner and so one of them sets a very high standard and the other ones are like dude calm down on all the showing up it's really funny oh man it's so funny to actually hear but I think like the the significance of of early love as a template you know of I I believe that a lot of of my experience with you, one did definitely teach me the ridiculousness of the being completely withdrawn, but it didn't stop there. You know, it's like, I didn't talk to my next girlfriend after we broke up. And for, I would say the next (laughs) two girlfriends, I would say that I had good reason (laughs) to not talk to them for a little while. Although when I have my high school girlfriend on, she's going to likely have something to say (laughs) about that. But in college, you know my college girlfriend, the, there was a good reason not to talk, and that was to protect myself. And so I think it's interesting for me now to navigate non no contact um, that's coming from a place of love as opposed to coming from a place of fear. Yeah. And like, I, I want to give myself uh, congratulations for doing a closing ceremony <laughs> of my relationship when you and yes. I never did a closing ceremony. We
1: did not. No, I felt like there was a lot of um, – there was no closure. There was a lot of still openness and there's still the digs that are made back and forth.
0: More back <laughs> rather than <more. laughs> So when I reference End of the Road from Boys to Men, that is actually from <laughs> when Michelle and I broke up. So this is why you get to hear about Boys to Men all the time.
1: <laughs> well, I'd like to say in my defense that it's funny when you called me and asked me to do this, you mentioned that so when you did your 40, you, I don't want to put you on the spot. So I apologize if I do do it, um, do it. when you did your when you turned 40, you yeah. did your 40 days of posts about different yeah. stages of your relationship, right? Or, like, or what I learned every year. Yes, what you learned every year through those 40 years. And um, so now you can all go back and reference those. And the They're- first relationship post was the one between you and I as to how the relationship ended. And so you mentioned when you called me to do this, you said, you know, I spoke to all my other exes prior to writing about them, but you did not talk to me. You did not ask me about that, um, that post. So when that came out, I was actually shortly after I had lunch with a close mutual friend of ours. Uh, I don't know if he wants a shout-out or not, but if he's listening to this, he'll know who he is.
0: <laughs> is this the one who you go to every year for lunch
1: with? <laughs> yeah, oh, well, yeah. we go frequently together, but yes, we go out. All oh, he'll love a shout-out, so, yeah. Oh, so. yeah,
0: Nate. He loves you. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Nate. Hi, Nate. You'll <laughs> never listen to this. We're okay. So.
1: Um. But he, we were walking, and I vented to him about the fact that you have this platform that is successful and popular and people read, and you had this platform and you got to share your side of the story.
0: Oh yeah. That's a very, I mean, when I invited you on here, I said, it's not fair that I have a microphone and no one else does. Yes. So that's what you I, I want.
1: Absolutely. You wanted the other side. So this was kind of my chance. And like Please you said, do it. Yeah, I that's... didn't, I don't feel like I need to defend it. It happened when we were in grade nine it was like i said earlier a lot of emotions a lot of things to deal with that in grade 9 i don't think anybody's ready for hopefully this no. generation not to
0: mention you have hormones going right? on right
1: so maybe Periods. now <laughs> all of all of it yeah <laughs> maybe now um we can better equip generations younger generations to be equipped with emotions that might come on at a very young age but i didn't have that when you posted that a couple years ago um
0: And you mean the, the post that I did about my age 13 or four. So I did it for every year of life. What was the one or more than one lesson and and yours was my first, yeah. Yeah. In
1: relationships. And, um, but I didn't have anything to write back. Like I wasn't going to write it in the comments of like
0: 80 other people that nobody (laughs) nobody would ever
1: see. And right. So, um,
0: what is your reply to that? So when you did that, First, I want to acknowledge, thank you for bringing that forward. And I'm sorry that I didn't bring it to you before I posted it. I really am.
1: Um, And I don't know why I I forgot
0: of this. You know, like I've thought of the significance of writing that about other partners. And then I've always sent anything I've written like article wise to them first. And with you, I didn't do that. So I'm sorry.
1: Apology accepted. It was good. Like I said, I had Nate. we walked, I vented, he listened as he always Normally does.
0: he'd call me right after <laughs> and be like, listen, you're really fucked up.
1: <laughs> Make this right.
0: Repair, repair, repair. <laughs>
1: um, but I feel like he knows us well enough. And again, that's where we are. Like That's where we've come kind of full circle with our relationship in that we are back at a very solid friendship like we did in that year between grade eight and nine of we don't talk every day anymore, but when we do, it's always great and wonderful and enlightening and not surface stuff. There's deeper stuff that always comes out, whether it's a two minute conversation or an hour or however long conversation, there's always something deeper that comes out of it. And so that's all it's in the past and we've learned from it and we've had the opportunity to share and learn and, and grow from that. And so I'm happy to have a mic today to share my side, um, briefly, but, uh, yeah, I think it's been, I think I'm one of the fortunate ones, like you said, out of all the other, uh, ladies that have come into your life and have left your life, maybe they come back, maybe they don't, but I'm glad I am where I am with you in this, in this journey. So it's been amazing.
0: So grateful for you.
1: Mm-hmm. And me to you.
0: The Can I ask yeah. that? I guess in asking, I'm asking. Uh, in the future, if I do something, <laughs> <laughs> it's great to bring it to Nate because he's a nice filter. <laughs> uh, but please just bring it to me.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, I feel like it wasn't really something, like I didn't need something from you to close that loop. It was literally just in the moment he was there and I just vented. Like that's Mm -hmm. all it was. It was just like, like he said, I didn't, I didn't, I don't have a platform the way that you, not that I need a platform for that, but he was the one person that I think could relate most because he knew both of us back then. And he still knows both of us very well now in that Mm -hmm. moment. And so I feel like nobody else would have really understood. Like I literally didn't need anybody to say anything or to fix anything just needed a sounding board and i think he was perfect for that in that moment because i feel like if i had said that to you it would have delved into more than it needed to be right i, mean, <laughs> I
0: would do that that's so weird like it I wouldn't would...
1: have been a sounding board it would have been like let's dig into this let's <laughs> although i think this. i did a
0: good job now of just receiving it
1: absolutely you yeah because i
0: i like in hearing in listening I can't repair it. I can just commit to the future of doing it differently.
1: Yes. But again, there was nothing that needed to be fixed or like I said, it I just needed a sounding board. He went through grade nine with us. I right? think
0: he experienced one of your breaks yeah. too, but that's a He whole, doesn't have
1: a microphone, so... Yeah,
0: I'm going to get him on. We're going to have a <laughs> Michelle Pacquino recovery podcast. The... <laughs> the... I think the reason, and we do this a lot, I think, is we don't delve into the compassion for the other side of the story, not about my grade nine post, but just about a breakup of like me not thinking about the validity of whatever your experience was, whatever was going on at home, Um, invalidating that so that I couldn't access compassion to then see life through your lens, because it instantly made me the victim and you, the perpetrator, and then me to be righteously able to say, but she misled me. She, as opposed to just like literally hearing. And if you had said, uh, there's just so much going on. And I could say, oh my gosh, like, thank you for telling me. Thank you for expressing what you're going through. And I so appreciate that you can tell me that you do not have the space for both. mm mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So let's go back in the time machine and I'm going to have emotional intelligence and it's going to, we're going to be best friends for two years. There'll be no interruptions. God. And you know, I hope for people listening that one, when you develop compassion for someone else's experience in your relationships, in their experience of your relationship, in them telling you literally what they can give and what they cannot. We don't want to listen because then we <laughs> might have to actually honor them. Mm-hmm. Man, we miss so much. Yep, We need emotional intelligence education in school.
1: We do. I think um, I have a girlfriend that uh, deals with, or not deals, but has a lot of information on this. And she says that this doesn't develop until you're like 25 Right. So I almost feel like you shouldn't have any kind of relationship <laughs> romantically. <I laughs> you should shouldn't say. have
0: a baby. <laughs> like, I mean, you're not planning age. it probably by then.
1: Well, yeah, maybe some are. But I feel like you should almost not even have these deep emotion, emotional, romantic relationships until you're 25 so that you can Wouldn't actually, that be nice? right, like hold off on all of it until you're 25. And um, but yeah, you're not developed your brain literally has not it's developed not. And until men
0: is a couple years later. Yeah, I
1: think it's 27 for men, right? So This makes
0: sense when I think of myself at like 22, 25, 27. For sure. Yeah. And maybe it's not so much of being like cuz of course whenever anyone says to someone like don't do that They're like, (laughs) going to do it harder. Like like teaching abstinence. Teaching abstinence Mm. doesn't work. It actually causes more sexual irresponsibility and causes people to connect shame with sex. And then where you have shame, you have secrecy, and then you want to drink and get high and never be sober and be (laughs) present to such a beautiful experience. And then you're also not empowered. You don't use protection. You don't learn about condoms. You don't learn about any of these things. And I think the same is true when we're not educated on at least like I'm not going to be able to tell someone don't fall in love. Yeah. But what I can say is one, be careful of how you tell the story to yourself of why it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Like who teaches us to take charge of the narrative? Cause whenever we have an experience, we never really make the meaning not about us. Yeah. Right. We have such a, uh, like at least till we're about eight or nine, our minds work very narcissistically in that the world does literally revolve around us for survival. Mm-hmm. But that's we continue that sort of thread of like, you didn't choose me because I'm not worthy of being chosen, versus you just have actually sovereign right over the choice <laughs> you make. And it has nothing to do with me. But sometimes it has to do with me. Yep. You know, and to be able to dance If your parents don't take responsibility for their own behavior, you'll have a real hard time learning how to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think one of the most powerful things a parent can do is apologize for like not doing something so well. Yeah. I mean, even in relationship, that's what a powerful connector. Mm -hmm. Does your son respond well to that?
1: He does. He responds um, better to when we admit that we've gone wrong. And I think we sometimes... Um, forget to remind our children that we don't know what we're doing either, right? Like the reality is, is as a parent... God
0: forbid (laughs) we say that.
1: Right? Like we don't know what we're doing. We're learning how to deal. And whether you have one child, which that's what we have, or 12 children, they're each very different and they each respond very differently. So you can't take one moment and be like, okay, this is how it's going to work. And this is how it's going to work all the time because we were fortunate. We never really had the terrible twos or threes, but we sure as hell had the emotional nines. Like he I've cried at, at yeah. everything. And Dom and I looked at each other and were like, what's going on? Like he didn't even cry this much as a baby. Like it was shocking. And so to find out that they do go through a lot of emotions at that age is, it was enlightening to know. And you know, we had to remind ourselves that we don't, there's no playbook for this, right? Like nobody can tell us what's going on or how to approach it. Or um So yeah, there's been some moments more so over the years of, you know, hey, we're sorry, we didn't handle this the way we probably should have. We didn't handle it in a way that you would respond better for lack of better words. Yeah, it's we're learning as we go as well. So um I think it's really important that parents share that and with anything like every day you're learning right you're you're reading you're speaking everything like it's a constant learning curve like you're never you never know what's going on um day to day that can be taken in each and every single situation so i always say that the key is communication Hmm. and i think there's can be so much that's resolved just by communicating, right? And leaving that door open and being transparent, whether it's at work or with your children or with your spouse or friendships, anything. Just if you can communicate and have that open door, I think it would make everybody's life slightly easier.
0: <laughs> Man, that, that level of humility to just say like, hey, didn't do it right and that is so powerful in romantic love and that's empower that's powerful in repairing after a breakup mm-hmm. you know i i find it very fascinating that we are constantly in search of understanding why our relationships end or like which is great when we're willing to look at why we contributed to it, but we often want to pathologize and figure out why they didn't do or why they, and then we'll read books and then we'll be like, want to forward them articles <laughs> and send them things, which is a beautiful intention, but we're still going into the desire to fix and mm-hmm. not focusing on ourselves. And it's been fascinating to think about, like I started uh, about four years ago, I started to think like, oh, we're so obsessed with our broken hearts that we don't think about the hearts we break. What happens if we actually tried to repair the hearts we've broken? Because we're all waiting for someone to apologize to us. Someone's waiting for us to apologize. Mm -hmm. What happens if we took the initiative? And then I started to reach out to people I'd like ghosted or people I didn't show up, exes who I didn't show up well for or with new awareness being like, you know, I reached out to a few being like, wow, I was just so afraid of being loved that I couldn't even receive you and not being attached to an outcome. You know, there's a really funny line from a lady named Carolyn Mace who she says, uh, for every person you're taking a personal growth course to get over, someone's taking one to get over you. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, what a great sort of humbling, Yeah. you know, and it's, I think it's, I, I at least consider us very blessed because We did grow up in a circle of friends Mm. who, for some goodness, uh, (laughs) tell the truth. Yeah. And like, you've always done that. You've always told the truth of how I'm experienced or, and you've never held back on that, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) But that's been such a great gift is even the maybe that's why i didn't talk to you for 2 years i didn't want to you didn't hear, want to hear the truth you want to hear the truth <laughs> you're not listening to my side mark i can't hear you <laughs> um but i think we've been really blessed with that you know as they say you are the sum of the people who surround you mm-hmm. and been really lucky to always have really high quality people around me yeah and i think our school we you know you just end up sort of in a lot of ways fate Bring, you. know, I mean, Faye brings you to the school you go to as a yeah. kid because you certainly, we don't fucking choose. Nope. You know, and then we end up in the same class and blah, 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 blah. But we're lucky to have even people like Nate.
1: Yeah, that have been around forever.
0: We're going to have to tell him he was mentioned in this episode. It'll be the first episode <laughs> he listens to. Oh, maybe the second.
1: He might be like, uh, can you just give me the minutes that you said my name <laughs> yeah. so I can And <laughs> the
0: context, I'll just... Fast forward through everything else. (laughs) Well, thank you for taking the very courageous leap to, uh, one, share how my grade nine post affected (laughs) you, but also just be willing.
1: Absolutely. It was my pleasure.
0: You know, I think it was important for me, uh, to just for other people to hear how I have been experienced. Um, as opposed to it's so easy to pedestal someone who is Mm -hmm. talking about something or just sharing what they're learning Yeah, that we're like, Oh, they've always see that Mark. He's always been a good communicator. (laughs) Meanwhile, I have ex-girlfriends listening and they're like, no, no, actually, (laughs) if you could go back to lesson number 42, you taught Mark and go back in time and be a better person, that'd be great. But that's, that's the gift of experience is that you, If you make a mistake, you get to choose to learn from it.
1: Absolutely. It's very wonderful that you are giving. Hopefully, all you ladies, the exes, take advantage of (laughs) being able to come on and speak. Um, Yeah, but I think it's awesome that you're, you're giving the mic, you're passing the mic and letting people learn from, yeah, you weren't always perfect.
0: Still, uh, still still aren't not. perfect.
1: Yeah, <laughs> still learning, still growing. <laughs> I'll
0: get Kai on here. She'll <laughs> be like, no, still not. It's okay. But I, that is a truth that I very, um, I love that is true because the idea of perfection is fucking a pipe dream. Yeah, And anyone who acts like they got it figured out doesn't, I mean, those are the people to run from,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and I don't, but we're figuring it out. You know, yes. that's the thing is you, you you're behind you write a chapter and then you go on yep. and you keep learning and sometimes you revisit it and edit old ones like ours <laughs> so i love you thank you for being here i love
1: you too i'm glad i Appreciate could be on you. here you're welcome ladies that i broke his heart in grade nine <laughs> yeah
0: right yeah yeah good call thank you